0: Holocult, we all know that the internet is not a safe place, especially when you're in our line of work. We're constantly looking up nefarious conspiracies, putting out FOIA requests, looking into dropped FBI files. That's why we here in the Layer trust our ISP to express VPN. I know most of you are probably thinking, why don't you just use incognito mode? Well, let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history. Your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why even when we're at home, we never go online without using an ExpressVPN.
1: That's right. We don't need any more of our information floating around out there. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't be seen with any of the sites you visit expressvpn also keeps all your information secure by encrypting it a hundred percent of your data with the most powerful encryption out there expressvpn is also available on all of your devices phones computers tablets even your smart tvs so there's no excuse as to why you should not be using something like this when it comes to protecting yourself and protecting your data
0: protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Mashable. Visit our exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash holo1, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash holo1 expressvpn.com slash one to learn more. back to the hollow sky podcast we are your hosts i'm steven
1: and kyle
0: and it is 2024 happy new year hollow cult let's kickstart this week and year off right i want to take time to wish my youngest boy maddox a happy 14th birthday hey, hey. we're recording this on the 30th so it is his birthday today if he tunes in i hope it's an awesome one hope you get everything you wanted I know he was flashing all his birthday cash around here <laughs> this last week, so he's having a good time. Uh, we are jumping back into part two of Project Preserve Destiny. If you have not checked out the first one, make sure you go back to last week's episode and check it out. That way you're not lost as to where we are. It's about to get crazy because, yeah, Kyle was sending me little like snippets of research he was doing. I'm like, what is even happening?
1: Yeah, it's a little weird. It's definitely weird.
0: Before we do that, we got to get through the business. So check us out at all our social medias Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Discord, uh, Reddit. Search up the Hollow Sky podcast and join the holocult Cult because that's what everybody does. It's a good thing to do. That's what you're supposed to do. Uh, this is our Monday show. Tomorrow, our audio from the night shift usually drops. And Thursday, we have our listener experience show. So if you have a listener experience, you'd like to submit. For a future show on Thursdays, Kyle found some very strange fae scrawlings on the outside of his house that has some information that you're going to want.
1: That I did. That information is. If you want us to send us any of your experiences, you can do so by sending that to the email, which is hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. Or you can record yourself on them fancy little devices in your hand. Shoot that over the email. Either way, we'll be able to get it, then talk about it on the show. If you want to call or text the holophone, it's going to be 618 556 0837. You can do that at your leisure. It takes a minute to get back to you normally, but uh, yeah, the email is probably the, the most preferred way of doing it. It's just easier for me and Steve to keep it in order. We can flag it and all that jazz.
0: If you'd like to support the show, plenty of ways you can do it. Uh, we have a Patreon. You can go over there and check that out, where we release uh, extra content and some other stuff. It's pretty cool. Go check it if that's what you're into. We have a store where you can go and look uh, for some Holo Sky merch and rep the Holo Cult. We have a Venmo if you'd like to throw some pocket change in there. We greatly appreciate it. The best thing you can do, word of mouth, share the show, share the show, share the show. Social media, repost... Uh, Repost the show. I know I've got uh, I got a guy on Twitter that reposts every show. Every single show. I'm going to have to look. <laughs> that's awesome. Dude, I'm going to have to look up his name. Just going hard in the paint. It's, it's awesome. Every show that drops, he reposts it. Well, that's
1: what we need. That way we can do this full time. Yep. And really get into the weird. Because I've got some cool ideas that we need extra time to pull off.
0: Shout out to our Twitter friend... Canucks will never win a cup because Homie reposts everything that comes out.
1: Much love, brothers. Much ups. love.
0: <laughs> you can also go to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five star rating and review, and I will find them and shout them out if I can. That being said, today's five star rating and review is brought to us all by our friend Pataka1328. Five stars, one of the best. Can't wait to listen to your shows. You guys always deliver. Thank you. Pataka1328, thank you for not only being a listener and a supporter and a member of the holocult, but also taking the time to leave us this five-star rating and review. Much appreciated. Much love. From there, we are diving in two, part two of Project Preserve Destiny. Again, if you have not listened to the first one, rewind back to last week's episode. Peep that before you peep this.
1: Yeah, you're, you're definitely going to want to do that. Uh, in doing this episode, it's it's very forward. The way he writes it, like he just lays out everything that he did. There's really like a lot of the questions that you would have do get answered by the way that he writes this, but we kind of left off with him being in class and whatnot. So we're going to pick back up to like after the first day of him trying to move this sin wave that he had on his screen and he, he couldn't do it then. And he just, he felt so defeated, which I feel like anybody would do in that circumstance. Cause it's not, I don't feel like it's a very logical slash easy task.
0: And they've already kind of built him up. Like, we know you have this ability. Yeah, you know? you're this
1: special dude. Yeah. So he's kind of failing at these tasks. And he's starting to, to question if it's even possible to do, which I feel like anyone would do. Because you, you would just logically be like, this is impossible. I can't do this. But he easy, sits there. huh? Easy to get discouraged. Oh, absolutely. He sits there for three days straight three to four hours at a time trying to move this damn line. And what makes it even more frustrating is that the headphones that he's wearing are there to communicate with his instructor. One way his instructor can just tell him stuff. Anything that he wants to know, he has to type out on the screen, but the instructor's not doing shit, not giving him any help at all whatsoever. So, Dan's even more frustrated. But at, at a certain point, he does actually get the line to move. And then the instructor's like, all right, now I'm going to start helping you. Which you, you got to realize is going to be frustrating as fuck. Only until you have this little amount of success does the instructor's like, all right, now I'm going to do my job.
0: Be, yeah. Frustrating is an understatement.
1: Right. But... It also, and by him doing this, it does confirm that it is possible to do. So it kind of puts a little bit of pep in his step, so to speak. And as soon as, as the line, like the second the line move, the instructor begins to, to kind of help, which does help Dan move forward in a little bit larger strides than without, you know, his his aid. At the end of the day, Dan is kind of like, you know what, I might actually be a big deal because I got this thing to move. He was able to tap in and essentially use a superpower that aliens implanted in him. So (laughs) wrap your brain around that one. But Dan was super excited and he, he wanted to gloat, but he couldn't because he's not allowed to talk to anybody about anything. It's not to say that he didn't contemplate doing this. But he thinks to himself, even if I do gloat about this to people, they're not going to believe me. Furthermore, it'll probably change my relationship with that person because they're just going to think that I'm crazy. Which kind of, you know, it it hits home because that's literally how everyone who's had a paranormal experience or something unexplained happen to them feel. Yep. So it's it's extremely relatable in the way that he feels. Regardless, dude, he started crushing these sin wave classes. He went through like a day or two after he starts to fluctuate the line. He starts crushing through like 10 different tones in a day or two. And he's killing it, just feeling fucking great, until he was given two lines to manipulate at the same time. This one, once again, and like he hits this brick wall where he's like, "All right, I'm done. I can't fucking do this." So it's almost like he has this this mental battle of success and failure that hit him crazy hard while he's doing this. But his instructor tells him to visualize two points in space. Each would represent two different tones. He was to force the two points together, creating one point in space. The instructor told Dan that these points would resist each other like magnets. In a weird context here, the instructor says you need to visualize yourself sapping the energy from each point. That way they won't be able to force themselves apart, which is a pretty crazy way to visualize the entire thing. I feel like I can't put it into context, but I feel like it has relevance to other things in the paranormal. Cause you like, you think of the way, Ghosts, quote unquote will zap the energy from batteries to help manifest things. Like, I feel like that's relevant in the grand scheme of the paranormal world.
0: And there's, there's so much to impact or unpack with like that, that general statement, like them trying to take two points in space and merge them together is almost like, you know, faster than light travel. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It has like a a wormhole effect. effect. Yeah, that I didn't think about it like that, but it definitely really testing
0: out what he's capable of.
1: Oh, dude, it gets crazy here. But as as you can imagine, for someone who is not versed in this, once again, like that thought process, the the whole thing almost breaks him. He said it was it was so hard to do this, almost like his mind was lifting weights the entire time he's attempting to do this, but he was able to do this. And then from that point on, it was like he was off to the races, man. So they threw three lines at him. It was difficult, but his his prog- progress was progress. It kept that train moving. So he tanked it, got it, boom, got this. And then they started throwing more and more and more lines at him. He goes four lines, nails it. From here... I'll include this little bit because it just goes to show how the human mind operates around these types of situations. One day on his way to class, and it does actually, believe it or not, this does become kind of semi-relevant later on in the story, which I didn't find out at the time until obviously later on. But so he's going through all these, these secret ass classes, right? He's got his day classes that he's doing and then he's doing these night classes where he's learning to talk with fucking aliens. <laughs> That's so wild. It is wild. Well, one day, his class gets out. Or no, he's, he's going into his class. So he's getting out of that van that I told about in, in the first episode. And Dan notices a new a new light source, essentially. Because he's in this very confined environment. Like, everything is the same all the time. But he notices his new light source, and he so he's curious. He's like, "Where the hell is this light coming from?" So instead of walking directly into the building, he decides to walk behind the van that he gets delivered in. No sooner he gets to the he gets behind that van, and as he like starts to break around the back of the van, his driver honks at him. It's like, "Hey." Get your ass where you're supposed to be going. And he like being in the military and whatnot, he does. He, like he instantly stops, turns around, and starts to walk back. But not before he sneaks a peek around the edge of that van. And what he sees, he sees another van, an all white van, part next to his van. And so he's super curious about it. He's like, why, why, like, why is there this break in protocol? What what's going on?
0: I was curious if they were like the further he got in the in the test if they gave him more freedom because they were just kind of ushering him right into the door you know you can, no
1: they they do not give gotcha. him any fucking Gosh. any leeway at all they're keeping him tightly confined but so he goes back inside and at this point like he's kind of like he's worried and he he's a very Dan seems to be like a really I don't know how to word this. He's a, he's a person that follows protocol, but he has this, like this curiosity about him that can sometimes get the better of him. Like his his mind plays the whole like angel and devil on your soldier should, shoulder constantly. Yeah. Um. But when he gets back inside after seeing this van, he he thinks to himself. He's like, fuck. Did I just see something that I wasn't supposed to? Am I going to get in trouble? You know, is the captain going to grill me for this? Ironically enough, none of that ends up happening when he sees the captain. So his brain goes further down the rabbit hole. Well, maybe it wasn't a big deal that I saw this fan, and that's why the captain didn't say anything. Or, now that I think about it, is the captain downplaying it to trick me into thinking that it wasn't a big deal, even though it was a big deal.
0: Was it a test?
1: Right. So it's, it's that is so relatable, like when we were dealing with egress and all that other shit, like how your brain will concoct these scenarios, and they just, they just feed down the larger rabbit hole.
0: Yep. Was it a test? Did they put that there to see if I was going to break protocol? And you know
1: exactly, exactly. Like your brain will just fabricate all of these scenarios, yes. and it's so hard. And that's what makes finding the truth sometimes so difficult because your brain will fabricate these scenarios. Some of them might be right. Some of them are going to be so far away from where you need to be that it hurts you more than helps you.
0: It's your own worst enemy most
1: times. Hundred percent, man. Well, so back to kind of the normality of the story here. For a while after the white van event, Dan would often look for it. It doesn't really show up anytime soon, so it fades from his thoughts, and he just gets back to business as usual. But one would conclude that, you know, Dan kind of like, Rationalizes the van in the end of it. He's like, it was mostly, it's probably just a maintenance van or something stupid like that, right? And so he lets it go. Months go by, or, or however long goes by. I shouldn't say months because I'm not exactly sure. But time goes by. He forgets about it. Back to training, you know. Turning into Rocky, mental, mental Rocky. And then one night he's he's driving home from like the movies or something. And he's exiting off the road and he know, he just happens to look at his rear view mirror and he sees a white van behind him and he perks up. He's like, oh shit, no way, Like no way is this the same white van. So he's in the, the right lane to exit and the van kind of moves to the left lane and starts to pass him. So Dan slows down enough to let this van pass and when it does Dan goes holy shit it's the same white van because that the white van that he caught a glimpse of earlier had a very particular dent in the bumper mm. and he sees the exact same dent so he's like shit this is the same van so going way off off reservation here Dan click click Hits that left blinker, gets back over, and starts following this white van. And he's, dude, like he's, and that's what I mean. Like his brain is very interesting because he likes curiosity. He wants answers. He wants to follow it. But dude, like his brain is doing this massive back and forth. Like, I've got to follow this guy. I've got to get answers. But am I doing something that's going to get me killed? Am I going to get in shitloads of trouble? Should I be doing this? But he just says, fuck it. I'm doing it. I'm following this thing. So he follows the van. They go into this this neighboring small town. And the van pulls into a business. And Dan just kind of like drives by to try not to draw any attention to him. Well, Dan ends up busting a UE down the road a little ways and comes back and sees that the van comes from a business in noise cancellation, which kind of threw Dan for a loop. And it kind of left him like, I feel like it brought subtle closure for that moment where he's like, oh, this is just some dude noise cancellation like that. It's not that big of a deal, right? But he figured figured most likely it had something to do with the headphones that he was wearing during class. So he's like, whatever. No big deal, you know. It's just it is what it is. I overthought it. It's just some dude doing his job most likely. So as time went on, his lessons were more and more complex. However, because of all this training, As training should, it makes each upcoming lesson that much easier. He could comprehend the assignment a lot better at this point, which led to much faster success rates. During this time, his teacher became more and more vocal. He also informed Dan that he would be stationed at different bases throughout his his course in the PPD program. When Dan would go to these new bases, he would have a password that would allow him to access this terminal to record his conversations. And Dan's password for most of it, slash, I'm assuming call sign, would be staunch-118. This would give him access to each, like I said, terminal at at, at the corresponding base this process became so complex that Dan would actually watch videos and report on what he was seeing. So at this point, he's pretty much mastered the whole process of the IC program. Like he, he's just like at the pinnacle of it and living on cloud nine, essentially. Like he's thinking, I am the man at this point. Right, and it's kind of cool because in the book, at this point, he actually posts pictures. Because remember, if if you remember from the first episode, they mask all of these trainings with other trainings. So yeah. essentially, yeah. by the time Dan was done with PPD, he was also done with his ELINT classes, and it's cool because Dan posts a picture of himself. He posts the certificate of c- completion of the E-L-I-N-T classes. He had pictures of the facility and like a big array from where he was at. So it was kind of cool. And did give some credence to at least a section of his story. Um, He also notes how during his entire military career, and he, f- he ends up finding it weird later on now that all this has unfolded, but he's like, I find it weird that everything in my military career just kind of worked for me. Like, and and we're the same way at our jobs. Like, if, if there's a job opening and you're like, I'm putting in for this job. I deserve this job. If I don't get this fucking job, I quit. And Dan apparently did that quite a bit throughout his military career. Each time he would end up getting that position. Like, anything that he wanted... If he expressed the people around him, like if I don't get this, I'm just after my 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 shit comes up, I'm out, I'm leaving. It would always go through for him. He would always get what he get the job that he wanted, get stationed where he wanted, the whole nine. So as you can imagine, later on th- as this unfolded, he kind of came to this conclusion: like they have been watching me and guiding me through, like getting me ready for this moment. Not letting me leave the military.
0: Yeah. Making sure it's as easy as possible.
1: Exactly. Scooting him right through. So, after Dan has pretty much whipped ass at the the PPD classes, the IC classes, whatever you want to call them. He finally gets sent to his first assignment. It's extre- It's kind of cool being like, I'm into this type of stuff. So it's this whole very like cloak and dagger style shit because Captain White, who's his original contact for the project, informed Dan before he left Maryland that only people he, the other, the I'm sorry, the only people he can talk with about the project were people that Captain White himself introduces no one else at all, period, the end, can have a conversation about the project. So at his new base, he gets there, and he's hanging out, waiting for his credentials to come through. He's been there for about a month or so, and with with the type of work that he's in, without his clearances, he, he basically can't do anything. So he's just kind of sitting around twiddling his thumbs, waiting for the clearances. He finally gets a call from Captain White informing him that a person from his unit would be in contact with him on this very phone after they end their conversation. Sure enough, 30 minutes later, after the captain had hung up, a man called and told him when and where to meet. He says, and I quote, I'll be at the gate with my arms crossed waiting for you. The man waiting for Dan at the fence was a Captain Stanley. He was the site operations officer at this base. And it gets a little more complex for Dan at this point. He introduces another team member to Dan. So try to like visualize what I'm saying here because it does get a little complex. But So you have this new captain, Captain Stanley and Dan. And he introduces another team member, which will be working with Dan on the normal assignment. So can't talk to the, the this guy about the project. But he says these two will be working in a van together. During this time, Dan will actually be communicating with the aliens and DM with that <sighs> while keeping it hidden from homie. Like, the way they... They describe these vans as f- fucking crazy. It's it's essentially like a big box. You know what? I'll wait. I'll get into I get into the dimensions and shit in just a minute. But anyways, after this this guy left, he's Dan's talking to Stanley, and he, he brings up the word alien to Captain Stanley, and the captain's like, "Hey, never use that word." ever just don't if you the only thing that you can use is is refer to it as gray do not use alien don't use anything else just gray
0: that's that's strange
1: it is strange that, but it also makes sense for people listening and you know gray could be just a a cover word or yeah, but you know what I mean
0: yeah and if you wrap it around into to what's going on today like Anytime the government starts to talk, talk about this thing, they have strayed so far away from the term extraterrestrial or alien. Yeah, thing. everything's non-human intelligence, non-human intelligence. Which
1: yeah, is, is bro. Weird. It is weird because there are a lot. There is a lot of information in here that I do feel like pertains to today's bullshit. It's yeah. it's weird. Um, but once again, like, like I, you hear it all the time, man, and it drives me fucking crazy. How people would be like, well, it would take so many people to to deal with this cover-up. You know, it's just impossible. Okay, listen to this. This is how fucking nuts security is at this location. So, to this this, uh, van, there was a cipher lock on the door. Now, the second the doors were open or yeah, you'd have to go through enter the, the five digit code on the cipher lock, hurry up and get inside. Cause you only have X amount of time to get inside before an alarm goes off. Then after that door is completely shut, the second door is like a fucking um, bank vault door. He literally describes it like a bank vault. It's got the combination lock on it, the big handle that retracts the bars, the whole nine. I mean, it is, it's crazy. Another thing that I think is fucking nuts is Dan also notices, I guess this isn't in the van. This must be in the facility, so I apologize for that. I got a little mixed up here. But Dan notices a paper shredder, and it's a big one, right? Apparently, every single piece of paper on site gets shredded. Everything. They even point out simple things like if something classified just happened to be written on the side of a newspaper. Or if the ink imprint from a classified document somehow transferred to another piece of paper. So they're preparing for shit that Logically is not going to happen. It is the, the security on paper and stuff is so fucking tight that one day Dan was using a hole punch. And emptied the paper, the little circles. Into a normal trash can and took it outside of the dumpster and dumped it. He comes back inside and a super his supervisor goes, what'd you just go do? And Dan's like. He was getting ready to tell him and then goes oh, shit, I just dumped the paper from this hole punch in the dumpster or the whatever outside. And the supervisor goes, go out there, find every single dot, and bring them back. So Dan said he literally was out there for over two hours with the trash emptied out, and he had tape inside out on his hands, picking up all these, these little... Punch dots.
0: That's terrifying and crazy.
1: That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But these are the small little... And that's just for paper in the normal facility. Yeah. That's not that's not going into these, these crazy projects and the security measures they take for that.
0: Yeah, I mean, they say that's why they keep the, the good, good stuff on pen and paper because, A... It's easy to destroy. Right. And it stays on pen and paper. Once it goes digitally, all it takes is one link in the chain to break, and then yep. it's put out to the world. Exactly. Then you got to put out a f- giant fire.
1: Yep. And now, now I'll go back to the vans that he's going to be working in with this, this co-worker of his. So the vans, apparently they're not actually vans. They're they're just called C vans, communication vans. They're basically a metal box to work on, I mean, communications for them. I assume they have, I would assume they have actual vans too, but I don't know. Anyways, it's a metal box about 15 feet long, 7 feet wide, and 8 feet tall. To gain access to this van, you have to, this is another one, crazy one, and this is for normal, everyday functions. This isn't regarding his PPD stuff. You have to, to get inside the, one of these vans because there's like a whole row of them almost like a trailer park kind of uh you have to contact the the front gate to gain access to it then you have 10 minutes to actually get inside the van you have to enter a password to open the door which would change every single week and if there was any break in in Cult summer is here so you
0: know what that means paranormal investigations encrypted hunts abound but before you do that, you're gonna need some good clothing. So we're excited to announce another month partnering with Tacovas.
1: I feel like at this point, it's it's mandatory to have amazing clothes while you're out, crypto chasing or ghost hunting. Because with Tacovas, every boot you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. And nothing says Like, you're there for business, like walking in in a pair of snakeskin boots. And with it being summer, like Steve said, they also have some sweet short sleeve moisture-wickening pearl snaps that are definitely going to put you on the next level. And if you need to carry some stuff, like all your your ghost hunting gear, you can use their ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags. That are always gonna get you where you need to be.
0: And to keep cool, they also have men's and women's straw hats.
1: So you're definitely gonna to want to check them out. That's perfect for keeping the sun off your head and getting, getting sunburn up there.
0: The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova stores where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro and shop all the latest styles. I personally am waiting for the cryptid lineup. Or I can get me a pair of, like, Loveland Frogman skin boots, maybe some Loch Ness oh, Monster. Oh, yeah.
1: Imagine that Loch Ness boot.
0: Smooth. Smooth. But until then, you can visit com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And don't go gently, y'all.
1: In, in progress there, the alarms will go off and you get in tons of fucking trouble. Um... But as he starts to learn his new job and mentally halfway preparing himself for the communications, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he receives his first transmission from the, the ETs, right? So as he's he's entering the C van, so he's kind of getting into this van. He's, and they describe the inside of these vans like there's so much communication Tech in here that there's literally just enough room for two guys to sit down in their chairs. That's like there's they're back. I guess they're back to back, but there's that's like all the room they have. So as he's, he's entering the C van, trying to get ready to do his normal job, he hears a message in his head that says, "Prepare for incoming string." and this just you know startles him because he's never had anything like this happen before so he audibly says wait and then he at the same time sends a mental one of the word wait but the partner inside the van is like what what am what am i waiting for and dan's <laughs> like oh nothing i'm just i'm just talking to myself i apologize and and Dan just wasn't ready. He hadn't gotten to his his computer. Cause like to get to the the special screen to record his comms, like he had to sit down, he had to right click on the mouse, press F10, do all of this fancy shit just to pull up that that menu bar. Um interesting interestingly enough, who or whatever is on the other end must have actually understood. Dan saying, wait, because it didn't send anything until Dan ends up communicating like, Hey, all right, we're good. Oddly enough, when communicating, he said they all like all of their, their comms between him and the grays, every, every scenario was exactly the same. They, they would send a three digit number first This number was actually Dan's number, the 118. Then it would turn into another string of numbers that, for whatever reason, Dan refers to as the zip code, probably because it was a five-digit string. And, And the numbers in that would always vary. And then from then on out, the comms would only be in numbers. And he gives an example here. This is exactly how he would write it on his screen That he's recording this information, it would go 118 slash 67555 slash 995500400043 slash 47477899055 slash 9400 slash. And the slashes in this sequence were pauses in the information that were given he even said at times he could pick out things like latitude and longitude. And at this point, he's like oh shit dude, like I want to look these up cuz I know I know these are latitude and longitude. I know they are. But he didn't have a map like readily available and and as you could tell, writing shit down is a big no-no. Yeah. We don't do that. So he's like I don't want to risk it. I don't want to get in, tr- in trouble but as i'm sure you could you could sit and rationalize like at first you, at first you the reality sits in that i'm i'm fucking communicating with aliens right now this is crazy but as time goes on you could also imagine how bored he gets because it's literally just number strings that are coming to him he has no idea what the information is all he knows is that i'm communicating with something and it's all numbers that i don't fucking understand anyways so he kind of he kind of honestly loses all interest in it and mostly because it it's just a one-way conversation it's whatever it is on the other line sending numbers to him and that's it and he's just recording it and so he just kind of he just it just lost all of its luster with him for a long while now basically months after completing Dan's training classes Dan hadn't had to take any of those pills we were talking about in the, in the first episode, all of a sudden captain Stanley shows up, enters the sea van and asked the new guy to take a hike for a minute. He starts talking to Dan. He's like, Hey man, I need you to start taking these again. Um, Dan kind of like, acts like a no it all He's like, I know, I know. Take two a day. They don't leave the site, yada, yada. And Stanley's like, no, actually, you're only going to take one. And he's like, oh, that's a little different, but all right, whatever. And, and it's also strange to me that, like, they played around with his dose, like, because they, they were making him take it for a while. Then he stopped taking it. And then I would assume that because of the, the communication level, somehow somehow they're monitoring him and knowing that he needs to take this again. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it doesn't make sense how why all of a sudden they'd just be like, all right, we'll start taking these again. Unless they can monitor him somehow.
0: Yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, essentially, if they knew they had the ability beforehand, they could probably keep track of... Of how far he's advancing, right. or if he's falling behind, or
1: yeah, it's it's just it's weird because they just, they, it's like when you pay attention, they they they've closely monitored him so much, his entire life, that they know things down to this dosage. When he's waxing and waning, and when he needs to take more, it's just. It's 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 crazy to to see how vested they are in this process. I wonder
0: what happens if he if he were to have broke the pro- protocol and they had to like eliminate him from the program. I don't know. Especially after he knows that he has the ability to do this if he can hone in on it.
1: I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. We might explore that later on in the in the third uh, third installment of this, maybe not. Um it just but, I, but like when it comes to control stanley says tells dan he's like don't don't try to take them outside of here you fucking leave them here he's like we will know if you haven't even taken one of these things we'll know so how uh, cuz aside from taking the bottle from him every night or something, or wa- and watching him take those pills. How the fuck would they know if he slipped it in his pocket?
0: Yeah, it's almost and
1: said he took it.
0: They, it's almost like they have to be tapped into his brain. So, it has you know to I mean? be something, man. It has because to be. They already know. They're already monitoring everything about his brain anyway. Getting him to like move these pinpoints with his mind, and he know they know that he's has the ability to essentially telecommunicate telepathically communicate with aliens. So it's almost like they they are tuned into the human side. Of the ability of this thing. They might be. So they're, they're, it's, dude, it's weird. It's almost like, like our cell phones listening to us, like putting up things that we don't even say out loud, just things we think about. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's probably so far advanced. That's true. They were doing this beforehand. So they would know because his, in his brain, he's, he's thinking, I'm going to put one of these in my pocket. He doesn't (laughs) have to say it. Yeah. You know, the, so there, he may have thought that and they're shutting him down beforehand. They're it very like, well could hey. have
1: because he, at the, at the time he does start asking questions about it, you know, like snooping around. And of course he gets the run around, but I don't know. That's a good, that's a good point. That sucks. It does suck. It does suck. But the last three months during his deployment at, at the the first base, a little bit less, less mundane for him. Um. The, the the gray that he'd been talking to for this whole time he ends up nicknaming him spock <laughs> because of like the uniform way that spock communicates with him like everything is very like per, like set out and perfect like it's all uniform until one transmission caught his attention it, it started out the same as always And during his mental communication with Spock, Dan actually ends up messing up and accidentally transmitted another sound. And the best way that Dan uh, can explain this, he he equates this to using a reed in your mouth and making your normal noises when all of a sudden, like, you mess up and a loud screech comes out. That's kind of what Dan did mentally. Instantly... Spock meets Dan at this level and asks him if he intentionally switched planes. Dan goes, no, I didn't even know this plane existed to which Spock jumps off that, that plane immediately and cuts communication. So you're like, what the fuck? So, and like I said, Dan is a very curious person and he plays this back and forth. He weighs it up and down. A few days later, another transmission comes in. It's all normal. And Dan's left wondering if Spock will bring it up about the plane switching. And he never does. He just kind of runs the communication as normal and then signs off. Well, now Dan is left in this suspense state where he's like, I kind of wish he would have called me on it because I want to know more about it. So he's like, well, I know what I can do. Two weeks after the higher plane event, Dan had enough waiting and decided to go for it. Even more so since they always keep him in the dark with the project. Like Dan will ask him questions and they're like, yeah, you're basically you don't need to know. So get the fuck out of here. We're not telling you. Yeah, Dan's kind of had it up to here with it. And he's like, well, I'm gonna start getting answers on my own. Then fuck this. And Captain Stanley said, which also aids to Dan being so brave. He had been talking to Stanley, and Stanley told Dan that Dan was actually one of the first IC people that anyone has ever worked with. So he's in that first line of IC people coming to the front of the lines. So literally, Stanley's like, so... If it seems like we're flying by the seat of our pants, we are. are. And so Dan's kind of like, well, all right, fuck it then. Nobody told me that I can't go to this higher plane. So I'm just going to start trying to go to this higher plane. Fuck, you know, whatever. So as the normal comms were coming in, Dan knew the transmission was getting ready to come to its close. So he decides to go for it. Well, either he was too late in going for it or Spock was like, nah, we're good. I'm not going to play it long because nothing came back. So Dan's like, maybe I fucked it up. You know, I, I'm going to keep trying. I, I got to try. And he, he did. He kept trying, but he, he just couldn't duplicate it. So he started to think it was just more or less a fluke. But the fact still remained that he was at one point, whether it was a fluke or not, he was actually able to achieve hitting this, this plane. So either Spock isn't playing into it or Dan's messing the entire thing up. Finally, after two months of trying to hit this higher plane, Dan gets it. And immediately, Spock tunes in again and is like, did you do this on purpose? And Dan's like, yes. Spock responds with, well, this is an interesting turn of events. I ignored it the first time because I thought it may have been an anomaly. It makes me wonder too. And this is me talking here because we read it and understand what Dan and Spock are talking about. Like it's in this plain English dialect. Right. But Dan mentions before, I think this, I think this, is like a net statement that i'm making here but dan mentions before that understanding on this level when you're communicating intuitively it it's 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 not how you and me communicate or understand things like there's a whole new level to this and he kind of makes me feel like people refer to downloads and shit like that it's almost like being plugged into the matrix and learn to fly a helicopter. You have no actual memory of learning to fly a helicopter, but you just know how to do it. Like it turns into this muscle memory situation. It's this, it's this, it's, it's, I don't know. It's so hard to explain, but I, I feel like that's why these downloads and stuff always match said person's dialect because the intuitive communication is on just such a different level, but it's also relating to the person receiving it.
0: Yeah. Like it's it's very uh experiencer specific.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That I think it's a great way to put it. Like if if it was talking to somebody from China, well it would it would come in their language and their numerical yeah. layouts and that, that whole situation. Like that's, that's how it would be. Yeah. Anyways. So Dan is jacked into this higher plane and he, he's kind of excited and he's like, all right, fuck it. I'm gonna start prying. Like Spock's talking to me. So why not? So he asks, is this an, an un- unauthorized calm? Spock re- responds with no, there's, there's no harm in communicating on this plane. And he says it in a very nonchalant tone, which is kind of how I end up reading it. And I feel like like the way that I perceived it was almost like a parent watching a kid explore the world on his own and just allowing things. Like you're, you're looking and your kid does something and looks back at you like, is this okay? Yeah. And you're yeah. like, Am I good? yeah. Am I good? yeah. Go ahead, play around.
0: Yeah, I see that. I see that too. Especially when like he he drilled him at first. Like, did you mean to be here? Right. It's almost like he passed another test. Almost. And Spock's like, All right, all right, let's 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 see what he's got. Let's right. see, let's see what he can do here before before we move on or move him back.
1: Right. So with that being said, Dan asked Spock, you know, why are you so candid on this plane, but in the other one you're so formal? Spock once again replies with You've never given me reason. So Dan goes a little deeper and and way off script. Like it like it's it's interesting to see where Dan's brain fucking goes when he's talking to aliens. (laughs) Like he just right off he just goes, So do you have feelings like normal humans?
0: It's like he opened that door of of communication and he just goes in. Yeah. Let's go.
1: Like, so he's just, he's just start asking what, anything that comes to mind. What'd you have for lunch? <laughs> so Spock responds with, We're, we're quite alike in our emotional makeup, 118. We react to our surroundings just as you do, but are much less impacted by what we sense. In the absence of marketed, marketedly, marketedly increased stimuli, emotion is not readily, readily useful. And I feel like that's a pretty, Interesting statement. We talked about that before.
0: Yes. We talked that it it is our our emotional, our feelings are our own worst enemy. Mm -hmm. Like our feelings get in the way of our rational thought. They get in the way of our preservation. And as we advance, those are probably going to go away. I'm sure. If we're going to be a species that survives. Think about how many people that put themselves in dangerous, life-threatening scenarios based on emotions. Yes.
1: Or just make... Piss poor decisions in yeah, general because yeah. you're mad or sad about something.
0: Makes perfect sense. That would oh, be the 100%. first thing that gets evolved away.
1: Hundred percent. Uh, Dan asks, "Why did you think it was unintentional when I first calmed you on this plane?" This this gets fucking interesting. Spock responds with, "Until now, we thought it impossible for a water human to sustain communication on this plane, but we are we are continually." being surprised by other ICs' ability as well. While this candid conversation was going on, Dan realized he wasn't logging this portion of the conversation and asked Spock if he should. Spock's like, no, that's not necessary, and their conversations are only being being monitored through Dan's actual reports. So, if Dan wanted to report on this, that's on Dan to do that, apparently.
0: Hmm. It's weird that he says water humans.
1: (laughs) Yes. That
0: gives gives rise to other humans.
1: Well, check this out. And it gets noted a little bit later, so i probably accidentally bring this up again, so forgive me. But, Dan points out, and I'm not going to tell you what else comes of this, but Dan points out that that's the best way that he can describe it. Because once again, that intuitive learning is is uh, yeah, different yeah, 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 to convey, yeah. and Modern that's the best way that he can. He does use a couple other phrases that are very, very, very interesting, but I'm going to leave it there for now.
0: It's also interesting that he says there's other experiencers <laughs> that are making the same, if not more, bounds than Dan
1: is. Exactly which means Dan's not the only one currently working with the grays.
0: It's almost like yeah, it's like it's like they're superheroes.
1: It's weird, dude. It's definitely weird.
0: Cuz if you got people using it to the good, you know there's going to be people out there using it to the bad.
1: Right. I don't know, but at this point Dan Dan's kind of worried that he's going to get in he's going to get in trouble for communicating off the books on this new plane. Spock's like, I'm unaware of your people's standards, but we're good with communicating on this plane. It's interesting that we are able to communicate with water humans as it is, but being able to communicate on this plane really drives the interest up. Then all of a sudden, Spock just ends communication. Hmm. And you can imagine like Dan's kind of perplexed because that's not how like normal people in kind con- they just bloop, I'm gone right yeah so he's like oh, shit like and now now it sets in that dan's talking to fucking aliens right cuz that that was a legit conversation with an alien so he's just sitting there after this like what the fuck so much so that his crewmate is like hey dan you all right buddy Cause like Dan is just like Completely zombied out Staring at the screen like Holy shit I just had A conversation With a fucking alien
0: Yeah could you imagine being No Just the chill dude in the other seat like The fuck is happening (laughs) (laughs) What in the actual shit Is going on with this guy I'd probably just get out and leave I'd be like Oh yeah this motherfucker's a weirdo. Yeah, there's something very, very <laughs> wrong going on here.
1: So the rest of the day, like I said, Dan's in this like zombified state. But he he just like barrels through his duties as best as he can. Um even after the shift, Dan just laid in bed, like wondering. Like there is it was almost like this level of little kid excitement. He's like, What what should I ask next? What can I talk to him about? What can I what can I figure out? Um. He's like, I got I to get more information out, of Spock, dude. I have to. And he, so he starts to like line out these questions. Unfortunately, his next comms with Spock never came because they end up ending his time at this base. They they put him in for a transfer, so the the communication with Spock was done. Um. Now Dan did hope that. At his next base, at his next assignment, he hopes that Spock, in he hopes and assumes Spock is going to be the one that he talks to, because he's like, well, that's maybe it's like you know, with with the Captain White, like that's kind of like my dude now, yeah. like we're you
0: already developed some rapport with right. him, right? Like we're you know we're in it now. He's not a dick, right? You ain't got to worry about it,
1: and you kind of like Spock, like Spock has yeah. this like. Just like nonchalant demeanor about him. Like Once
0: you break the ice, he's pretty chill.
1: Yeah, like he has a when he does business, he does business. But when he when, when you're when you're off the clock, he's he's a normal gray, I guess. As normal as they can get. Um, now I do circle back here. <coughs> Dan notes on the water human part. He said, like I said, this is the closest that he could convey it. Um the understanding is slightly different when doing this intuitive communication shit, but he also explains how it could be translated a few separate ways. So you have the water human or water vessel or water entity. That's, that's a little weirder to like wrap your brain around.
0: And these were all different.
1: Well, no, no, no. So, I'm at, okay, Spock. We'll just say that Spock calls you War. a cup. Okay, and I'm assuming that we don't actually have a vocabulary or word for cup. Okay, right? But we do have the. In, intuitively, we have a process of like being under, being able to understand what that their word cup means yeah. that's kind of how i'm picturing it right because dan says that water human was just the best way that dan chose to portray that I got information you. i gotcha but it could also be translated to water. um water entity. vessel water entity
0: it's weird that they're so focused on water
1: well what's our body mostly made of
0: water water and you hear a lot of people talk about like there's
1: so much
0: metaphysical connection to water <laughs>
1: Bro, you remember all them phone calls we used to get? Yeah. From the lady that was obsessed with the water? Yeah, they wanted us to go to the water factory or I remember. The water But it is it is weird because she would talk about how the water communicates with you and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, oh, like that that's the first thing I thought of. Yeah. Whenever I read that.
0: That's weird.
1: But it's, Homie is talking to aliens at this point. It's Well, an alien.
0: It says a lot that they like Don't even it's it's essentially like Spock doesn't even equate us to like a life form. We're just a water container,
1: Uh, and that's not. I mean, I do see your point there. Like, like the
0: water is the most important aspect. Mm Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strange.
1: Yeah, I I feel like it's probably because we're mostly made up of water. Yeah,
0: I mean that makes sense.
1: Right. Um. Now. I do know that information will change in the next episode. So I will leave that out because it does get a little more personal in the next episode, uh, which I'm excited to get into because this one, this one just kind of lays out the whole process, how it unfolds. Like I said, the way he writes it is very like factual. This is the way that it went. There's not a whole lot of gaps to fill in, in his, words here just like i you're just kind of walking and living that story with him uh because i can understand a lot of the decisions that dan made along the way why he did and didn't do certain things like I, i can wrap my brain around a lot of that i i don't know that would be as calm as dan in like accepting the fact that i'm currently communicating with a gray uh that would be weird but it would also be interesting to perceive that type of information because like if it came if it came across in my head like steve's voice i don't think that i would be that like even if i didn't recognize your voice i don't think that i would be as scared you know what i mean like because you're familiar with that like
0: that's exactly, I mean, that would be exactly why they're making it experience or specific. Yeah. They're trying to make it as, it's just like screen memory. It's just like, yeah. like making it as non-threatening and non-anxiety inducing, I guess. Yeah, or
1: invasive. Yeah,
0: as possible. Yeah. It's it's, it's,
1: weird. It's, weird. it's so weird to think about, but it also makes me think about all these motherfuckers out there that talk about um, receiving downloads. Dude, that's and stuff like that.
0: How many of these? How many people are out there that have this ability that don't check all the boxes that the government's not interested in? Mm-hmm. That that the the entities are interested in, yeah, and are still sending information and passing information on.
1: Because to. you can tell by one of the last things Spock says that. The fact that they are communicating on this higher plane is even more interesting. So now they're like, "Hmm, I wonder how far we like." It, it's this very scientific, yeah, it's feeling strange. there, uh, and and it's also like it may. I know it's stupid, but it makes me think of your ham transmission we talked about and how all these thinking, numbers I was came over. The same thing, bro because a lot of people were lighting up the fact that they were talking in English and they were using numbers. Well, obviously they they're using numbers in these types of communications for whatever
0: fucking reason. Yeah, math's like a universal language uh, across like every facet
1: which you yeah, know, and which means reg- no matter what, no matter which way you look at it, that those numbers are translated somehow. Like to us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's right. Like, so
1: there's gonna be a, like a cipher key or whatever you want to call it, a key to be able to understand what those number strings are. Yes. Yes.
0: And and to touch on that point, I just I just gotta say it since you brought it up. People lighten us up about like, why would they do it in English? They are broadcasting it to motherfucking Wyoming. <laughs> why point. wouldn't it be in English? Dipshits. <laughs> what are they gonna do? Send it in Ancient cuneiform fucking Sumerian yeah. symbols. Like, think with your brains. If you're going to talk to Americans, it would be in English. That's a valid point. They're advanced beings talking. Like, you're not going to go to the zoo and speak to a chimp in French. That's true. Like, get out of here.
1: And they are more or less superior beings that have been around very, 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 very long time, so they're going to kind of know how we operate at that point.
0: Yeah. They probably, they, they watched us forever.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and we'll get into that in the next episode as well. Let me try
0: to get this message across, but I'm going to send it in an indecipherable dead un- language, or a language that you aren't even able to hear. It's just a, a frequency that human ears can't <laughs> yeah. Pro-
1: process. Can you, yeah, can't even... Can't even get it.
0: Get out of here. You fucking nerds.
1: Yep, yeah, But that's where I'm going to end the conversation or end of this episode.
0: Business is about to pick up.
1: Yeah, it gets, it gets a lot weirder in wrestling
0: terms. It Business gets a lot weirder
1: in the next episode. Like that's, that's all strange. There's very, there's some pretty interesting information.
0: You had to, to like set the tone.
1: Yeah. Cause the next one, Dan gets to explore a little bit more
0: it's a lot to like, you almost have to take in all the tech, the tech stuff to be able to understand yeah. like how he's communicating.
1: Well, I, I, I kept some of that in there too, because I feel like some people are going to understand it or it might, it might um, ring a bell in their head that it's not a hundred percent ringing uh, yeah. in mine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that way we yeah. can share. Cause I just, I do feel like some of that is real, extremely relevant in some people's research. Um, and maybe we can, Cross communicate there, and or, or maybe it's just yeah. in the end, it'll just it'll just help you and make sense to you. I there was a lot of information, a lot of processes, but the next one, uh, there there are some can- or, uh, questions that get answered. Uh, Dan finds out some pretty dark shit that he doesn't like. That's not new. No. And it's I think the next one's going to be interesting because there's <laughs> going to be a lot of questions and a lot of conversation.
0: Hell yeah. But until you're going to have to wait till next week to experience it, hollow cult again, uh, I don't even need to say it by now. Don't listen to next week's episode until you've listened to this week's message. You're at the, at the end of the show. You've already listened to it. Check us out at all our socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Discord, Reddit. Be sure to share this episode till we meet again. Stay safe. Stay weird. And any of you experience or experiencing water vessels out there that feel like they may be in contact with these, let us know.